Greetings, everyone. This is Julio Alvarado Jr. again, your host for my God in You podcast and YouTube channels. I am um, want to begin this episode, hoping that you see it. You saw the first two episodes concerning this stream of thought that I've been on for quite a while now, concerning uh, examining reasons why uh, people struggle with hearing the voice of God. And with that being said, one of the thought processes that uh, I've been meditating about uh, for quite some time, and we're talking about well over a year, uh, and that is the fact that Jesus was a father impersonator. Um, so in other words, he was impersonating God through his life, through his body, in other words, he was fulfilling the will of God for every area and season of his life. And this is something that we as believers or Christians or uh, spiritual people should also uh, have as a goal if we truly want to live out the will of God for our lives. So with that being said, two episodes ago, what I did was I did an episode on, uh, it was titled, Jesus Was a Father Impersonator. And in that episode, I went into kind of a little deep dive into numerous verses, primarily from the book of John, as you'll see here on this slide here, where Jesus made some very interesting statements, you know, things to summarize uh, all of these verses. In other words, as I hear my father speak, I speak, and as I see him do, I do likewise. And how was he able to do this? Well, that's where the uh, episode before this came into play, was that, you know, through my meditation and, and prayer time with God, you know, the, God simply encouraged me to go into this deity type of thinking and study even and these are the things that I shared with you primarily in the last episode, and I'm also going to be sharing with you a little bit in this episode and in future episodes. And how that played into Jesus, how did he, was he able to hear and see what God was showing him? Well, of course, one of the most simplest uh, uh, skills that he acquired somehow uh, and that he taught his mind to experience was on this topic of discernment. Jesus clearly discerned the voice of the Father or God, clearly. I mean, that's evident. Nobody would dispute that. And this is something that we as believers can experience also if we teach and train our minds to experience it. And the other piece to this bit of a puzzle that caused me to think in terms of why some people don't or, or struggle with hearing the voice of God is because they don't believe that they are a God. Remember, lowercase g. There is, as in the last episode, there is only one God, according to Scripture. He's referred to in, in uh, Psalm chapter 82, verse 6, as the Most High. Now, in that episode, prior to this one, I share with you a few verses primarily from the book of Genesis and the book of Psalms. John also in the book of chapter 10, Jesus spoke about it as well, about this whole thing about humans being gods. 
Now, normally when you talk about a human being, God, people automatically take their mind to God the Supreme and all-knowing, all be, you know, everywhere. That's not what this, you know, what I'm trying to convey here. But in Psalm 82, it clearly says that, you know, I said, you are all children of the Most High and you are all gods, you know? Uh, I mean, clearly it says that there. Uh, uh, in Genesis, you know, God created man in his likeness and his image. Uh, in Genesis chapter three, as once again, as I shared with you in the prior episode, even the serpent said something like this. No, God knows that the day you eat of that tree, that he will, you will be like God, knowing good and evil. You know, so in other words, being like God and the fact that we're creating his image and likeness, the only way that we can truly say that that has happened is by virtue of him giving us his spirit because that's what God is. That's how we're created in the image and likeness of God by virtue of the fact that he created our spirit and that created spirit that we have within us is what animates our body. It's what gives us life. So in that episode, when we were examining these different verses, primarily the word gods that you'll see here in this slide, when we defined it according to the Strong's Concordance and also Brown's, uh, excuse me, Brown's Driver Briggs Hebrew definitions, it simply is defined as divine ones, God-like and special possessions of God. But then when you go into the ancient Hebrew lexicon of the Bible, it describes gods as a deity who yokes with another to experience the power of one who teaches. And then we went into some things related to that. So let me repeat that. One who functions as a, a, a God, according to Psalms 82, verse 6, they are a deity who has the potential to yoke with another deity, we're talking about the Most High, the Supreme God, God himself, the Father, in order to experience the power of what he teaches. And then I, I went into also um, uh, John briefly in the book of Philippians, you know, uh, a statement about Jesus considering himself to be equal with God. Most believers don't, or, or I should say, are indoctrinated to believe that they are not God-like. And I'm surprised. I mean, and I, I belong to numerous groups. I fellowship with numerous people from different beliefs, from, from different backgrounds, from different religions, and primarily in the Christian field of believing, many Christians don't believe that they are a God, like I didn't believe one, because it was never taught to me. I never saw Psalms 82 verse 6 and these other verses and looked at some definitive root word perspectives. I wasn't taught to me in that way. But during my journey to learn to hear the voice of God, this is one of the revelations that many years ago that I came across is like, you know what, there's something special within me. And we call it the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit or the Spirit of God or whatever. In other words, I know that that's within me, that his presence is within me. But I began to equate his presence with his being. In other words, being an extension of who he is, because I'm created in his image and likeness just like you are, whether you believe it or not, according to scripture. Now, with that being said, these verses in the book of John and Philippians chapter 2 talked about how Jesus did not consider it 
robbery to be equal with God. And when we defined that word equal in that last episode, we found that it was simply defined as something that is similar or of the same kind. But now when you translated that word equal from its Greek to Hebrew, according to the ancient Hebrew lexicon of the Bible, it was defined as a uniting together, similar to the definition that we saw for the word gods. In other words, a uniting together, according to the ancient Hebraic way of learning, was called a yoke experience. So if you were learning from a rabbi or from any type of person, uh, even if, if it was, your person was your parent, and they were consistently teaching you something on a topic or on a way of living or whatever it was, that means that you were yoked to them in order to experience the power of what they were teaching, of course, right? So we also should not consider it robbery to be equal with God either. If you classify yourself to be created in the image and likeness of God and also, you can take this experience, in other words, you can actually emphasize this equality, for a lack of a better expression, with God by positioning yourself, uniting yourself with Him to be taught, not just the reality of you being this deity or this extension of Him, but more importantly, learning what His will is for every facet in other words, every area of your life and in every season. And this is what made Jesus a father impersonator. Now, Jesus taught in multiple different ways, but he was teaching really the same experience through his parables, uh, through some of the Beatitudes, through the Our Father prayer. Um, the most important parable is the parable of the seed and the four soils. That Parable, by the way, is a parable about prayer, about experiencing uh, the good ground, is experiencing what's referred to as father ground. And in other words, being educated or yoked with God in order to experience this 30, 40, or excuse me, 30, 60, and 100 fold, as that those verses in Matthew, Mark, and Luke talk about. And remember what those are. For those of you who have learned from me concerning what the, the, the 30, 60, and 100 are, Remember, 30 is a reference to knowledge, 60 is a reference to understanding, and 100 is a reference to uh, wisdom. It's also the good, acceptable, and perfect will we find in Romans chapter 12, verse 2. You know, if you've read about some of this in my books, you've also, of course, if you've seen some of my prior videos, I share knowledge about that whole experience. So in other words, when God is talking to you, when you're learning from something from God personally within your mind, that's information, that's knowledge, that's the 30. Now, when he's explaining that knowledge, that's now you're getting understanding or further knowledge of what the knowledge that he's explaining to you. In other words, you're getting details. Now, the hundredfold comes into play when God is teaching you wisdom. In other words, these are the action steps that I want you to do in order to manifest or to fulfill this that I'm teaching you for your life. And this all is experienced through this thing called yoking with God or uniting with God within your mind in order to hear and learn from him personally. Now, Jesus taught about this experience in Matthew chapter 11. Now, if you were to see a summary of what uh, chapter 11 is, uh, you'll see that uh, Jesus is having conversation with John's disciples and even his and some other followers. But primarily where I wanted to get to here 
is where he's criticizing several cities in the area of Galilee for rejecting his teachings, despite obvious signs and wonders or miracles that were performed by him, you know, in these areas. And in the midst of that conversation, in the body of verses between 25 through 30, Jesus states this, at that time, Jesus answered and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and the prudent and have revealed them to babes. And we're going to be touching on this whole thing of why he reveals these things to babes in a future episode. Very interesting point that I want to make sure that we capture. Notice these things that he's going to talk about that he's been talking about. And also remember, He's talking about something that he himself was experiencing. So he was positioning himself as a babe and learning from God. That's the whole thing about son, father-son relationship, father-daughter relationship. Remember what the word son actually means? It simply means an offspring of a being, right? And females fit in this category as well. But remember, it says he revealed them to babes. Again, we're going to touch on that in a future episode. And who were these wise and prudent people that he was hiding it from? Well, he's referring to, if you read some of the things primarily in other books of the book of Matthew, he's talking about those that thought that they knew everything. Talking about the lawyers, the Pharisees, the Sadducees. You know, he talked about uh, 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 those that really were uh, classified as experts. Those are the ones that he's referring to. He talks about the wise or the prudent uh, one translation will say the wise and the learned. Now in verse 26, he says, Even so, Father, for so it seemed good in your sight, all things have been delivered to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, nor does anyone know the Father except the Son, and the one to whom the Son wills to reveal him. Now the reason I have the word know here highlighted twice, and I'm going to touch on this in a future episode, he wasn't talking about knowing like I know uh, my wife or I, you know, have knowledge of my children or my neighbor, you know. Uh, in other words, uh, that, that wouldn't make sense because people knew of the father, people knew of the son, you know. Uh, so it couldn't be that. But it's actually, we're going to go into this word yada in a future episode, uh, which is what this is referring to here from its Hebraic understanding. In other words, yoking yourself to a teacher in order to experience divine knowledge. And again, we'll touch, touch on that in a future episode. But then in verse 28, it says, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And rest from what? Remember, when you read about all these things that these people were being indoctrinated, they were being burdened with all kinds of what was referred to as yokes of doctrine that were not just about the law, the Torah, uh, there were other things that they were they're making up and making it part of their laws, which is interesting what a lot of traditional religion does today, unfortunately, is that they begin to teach you and put things on you that become more of a burden to you that actually bind you in ways that don't make sense, you know, when you really examine them. And where do these things come from? Well, we can talk about that in another episode, but the reality is it's part of their traditions. It's not really scripture-based in many of these cases. So anyways, again, all you who labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. And then this is where the lesson comes in. 
in verse 29, he's teaching about something that he himself was experiencing as a human being, where he says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now remember, everything that Jesus taught came from the Father. As I hear my Father speak, I, I speak. As I hear him speak, I teach. Remember that. So who was really speaking here? Was it Jesus? Well, yes. You know, this is a voice. This is what you'll see in red letters in your Bibles. And, you know, these are Jesus' words. But who was giving him these things to say? It was the Father. So when we look at this, when we look at the beginning of verse 29 again, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. Remember, who was Jesus learning from? The Father. Remember, and this is all happening within his mind. Remember uh, one of my favorite verses, Isaiah chapter 50, verse uh, 5. Morning by morning, the Lord awakens me. He awakens my ear to hear as to learn. Prophetic statement about Jesus' prayer life. We see this fast forward, Mark chapter 1, verse 35. In the morning, he would rise up and there he prayed. That word prayed there is not a reference to him talking to God. It's a reference to him also, or I should say only talking to God. It's more importantly him as a reference to him learning from God. And of course, I've talked about that and wrote about that and have numerous videos about what those words mean. And we'll examine that also again, re-examine that, I should say, in a deeper sense in a future episode. Because to me, that's the foundation of prayer. Prayer should be an educational experience. So when Jesus prayed, according to Mark verse 135, he wasn't just talking. No, he was doing more of hearing and learning from within. And the talking that he was doing was based off of the 30, 60, 100 fold that the Father was revealing to him in his prayer sessions. Now let's examine some of these key words here in verse 29 to get a deeper understanding of what these words mean. Now the word yoke there, now in his Greek uh, definition, it simply means a coupling that joins. Now when you translate from his Greek to Hebrew, it's now defined as to join and work together through the eye of experience and knowledge. Now, let me pause here for a moment. There are good yokes and there are bad yokes. And the Bible talks about them both. So when you yoke yourself to somebody or to some doctrine, then you're yoking yourself to their experience and their knowledge pertaining to that topic that they're teaching you about. We see this all the time in traditional Christianity where a person will yoke to the pastor, or the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, whoever's teaching, and now that becomes their primary spiritual instructor. So what happens? And when that happens is all they're getting is the knowledge and experience that, that person has. In other words, they're getting whatever experiences or knowledge that that, that pastor or prophet or evangelist or pastor, you know, I mean, that's all they're getting. When Jesus says, take and learn of me, he's really saying, put on the same yoke that I put on and where I get my knowledge, my understanding, and my wisdom from. And of course, that was within his mind. His spirit was postured as a student of God to actually hear and learn from him. And again, this is a process that we all have access to, that we can all experience if we train our brains to experience it. Now let's look at the word meek. The word meek there from its Greek perspective simply means to be gentle or humble. 
But interesting, when you translate it from its Greek to Hebrew, is defined as gentle, but in the sense of careful watching. In other words, when you're experiencing the true meekness of God, He's very careful. He has, He's very gentle. You know, God is not one of those uh, gods that we see with the pitchfork and you know, this big beard and judgmental. And I don't experience God in that way. If anything, God has been very gentle with me. And he does, he has done so in a sense of very careful watching of how he teaches me, how he handles me. Now the word lowly is defined simply as humble, similar to the word meek there from his Greek perspective. But when you translate it from his Greek to Hebrew, this is where it gets even more interesting. It's defined as deep in thought. So when Jesus says, for I am meek and lowly, he's saying, I am deep in thought. And where is he at in concerning this depthness of thought? Well, that answer is found in the next word, heart. Well, of course, naturally, from this Greek perspective, the word heart there is a reference to the organ that pumps blood. And we all have one on the left side of our chest. But we know that it's not refer referencing to the actual organ. And we see this when we translate it from his Greek to Hebrew which is actually defined as the seat of thought and emotion, but it's actually a part of the mind. So where you experience the yoke and the sense of careful watching is deep in thought in your mind. And what happens when you experience this is when you will find this word rest. Now, the word rest there from his Greek perspective simply defined as the word intermission, refreshing, and I like this word. Now, it's normally it's written recreation, like, you know, uh, going out and having fun. But no, it's actually a reference to recreation. God gives you recreation. More on that in the future episode. But we're talking about, remember, mimicking the will of God, being father impersonators. So when God is showing you or teaching you his ways, when you're yoking to him, he's asking you to recreate them mentally and or physically. Now, when we translate this word rest from his Greek to Hebrew, this is where it gets super interesting. One of the definitions of the word rest is that you will experience a guide. Let me repeat that. You will experience a guide. And what does this guide provide you? Well, the rest of this definition gives us that information. You'll find that this guide will give you a place of quiet and rest from burdens work or enemy. Now, if you're resting, let's say you're resting in your bed or on a, on a chair and you're relaxing. Well, of course, you're, you're, you're resting, of course. But this is, once again, much deeper. This is a reference to experiencing stillness from unnecessary burdens or work and also from unnecessary hindrances from enemies. And we'll talk about more of that in the future episode. But the, the point that I want to get across with this definition is that when God says here, according to this, according to scripture, that this rest that you will get will come in the form of you acquiring a guide. And who is that guide? Of course, we're talking about God, the Father, just like uh, the Father was guiding Jesus every step of the way in every season and in every area of his life. Now, what happens when you experience this guide? Well, it says, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. That word easy there, interestingly, from 
the Greek perspective means something that is employed. Interesting. Now, what do we mean by this? What do you mean by being employed, like having a job? Well, in a sense, yes. But the, the yoke or the, or the purpose of you experiencing the God or the yoke of God is so that you experience the Greek to Hebrew translation of this word easy, which is the word tov, which is the same definition for the word tov that we see in the definition of the tree of knowledge of good and evil that you've heard me teach about. And it's defined the same way. It's defined as something that is good and something that functions properly. So in other words, when Jesus says, take my yoke for it is easy and my burden is light, what he's referring to is something that is good, of course, and something that functions properly. Remember before I was telling you that some people yoke to the wrong things, unfortunately. I've talked about that in numerous other episodes. Um, or some people yoke to different doctrines or teachings way too long than they should. Remember, the only yoke that, that any kind of spiritual teacher should be putting upon you in terms of you learning from them is how to yoke with the mind of God within your mind. In other words, they should be teaching and training you how to hear the voice of God. That's it. If they teach you how to experience that, then you're fully equipped to experience, you know, knowledge of the Bible, knowledge of the spirit. I mean, knowledge of anything, because now God is indoctrinating you with this form, these forms of knowledge. Now, concerning yoke, I want to show you a couple of images here. For those of you who study ancient Hebrew, uh, you're familiar with a lot of the letters and all of the uh, imagery that the 22, what's called the alphabet, uh, how they, they work and how each uh, picture, depending on how it's combined in, in the word, how it can mean different things. But concerning the word yoke, it's primarily made of two letters in the ancient Hebraic form. And it's the letter of the ayin, meaning the I, and the lamet, uh, which you'll see there in the uh, uh, screen here on your left. Now, on the right side, you see the same thing. But remember the eye of experience that I was sharing with you in the definition of yoke, which was to join and work together through the eye of experience and knowledge? Well, in ancient cultures, and they still do it today, what they would do is they would yoke an experienced ox with an inexperienced oxen when they were trying to train that oxen to work the fields. This, to me, speaks of the relationship between God, capital G, the Most High, and also you and I. God, remember, smaller case G, right? And in other words, his extension of his being his children. Same thing for the word spirit. This is why, again, you'll see the word capital S when it's talking about uh, the word spirit, when it's, when it, when it's uh, written in, in, the, in our Bibles. Capital S, of course, is a reference to the spirit of God. When it's talking about the lowercase s, it's talking about the spirit of man, you know, which is an extension of God. Remember, we are all his children. Well, big G would always be yoked to small g. We're talking about Jesus' prayer type. So in other words, father and son, creator, created being. Most High, capital S, Spirit of God, with offspring, smaller s, again, creation of God. So when going back to the, uh, Matthew chapter 11, verse 29, when Jesus was saying, take my yoke upon me, well, of course, he was talking about these, he was using agricultural terms in all of these things that he was teaching, which is powerful. This is why I highly encourage you to study these agricultural terms, because in many cases, you'll see where he, he used this thing that we're talking about, the yoke here. He also used uh, items such as trees, branches, vines, seed, oil, uh, soil, 
uh, I mean, in all kind of very interesting agricultural terms to teach things pertaining to learning from God directly. Again, that's what the parable of the seed and the sower was all about. It was about experiencing the good ground. Now, for those of you as a little freebie here, just a quick thought in my mind. I have a chapter in one of my books. If you want that, that chapter for free, just email me at julio at julioalvaradojr.com and I'll send you a free PDF copy of that chapter from one of my books where I talk about the parable of the four soils. And what you'll see there, it's not about a parable about, you know, tradition is taught that, you know, a, a human is speaking the, the, the Bible, speaking the word, as they say. And, you know, some people are going to get it and some people don't. These people aren't going to get it for these reasons and all this other stuff, you know, interesting stuff. But the reality is, no, Jesus was teaching. That's the most important parable, by the way. He said to himself, if you don't understand this one, then how will you understand the other ones? All of Jesus's parables, and one day I'm going to do an episode on this, were about things that he himself was experiencing for the most part. And this is why the parable of the four soils is the most important with, by virtue of his own words. So if you want a free PDF copy of that chapter, send me your email address to julio at julioalvaradojr.com and I will gladly send you a copy of that. Just wanted to share that free offer if you haven't read it before, if you don't own the book. Now looking at this other image here about this whole yoke experience, you'll see there in rabbinic teaching, they still do this today by the way, the rabbi symbolically would be on one side. Normally, if, if I got my, 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 my directions right, it was normally on the right side. In other words, if you were behind the oxen, the, the, right, the, 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 the experienced ox would be on the right side of the yoke, and then the inexperienced one would be on the left side. So you would take that yoke and flip it backwards. So you have your rabbi or your teacher on one side, and you would have what they call the Talmudim, or in other words, the disciples or the student on the other one. And again, going back to what I was telling you before about traditional religion, this is what happens when you yoke yourself to a human teacher. And you're claiming that they're your covering and they're your, your this and your that and your pastor and all these other things. That's one of the reasons why most people don't hear the voice of God is they're always hearing the voice of the human shepherd. That's the one that they're, they're primarily yoked to. And this is the reason why in Matthew chapter 23, verses 8 and 9, Jesus clearly said, But you do not be called rabbi, for one is your teacher, the Christ, and you are all brethren. Do not call anyone on this earth your father, for one is your father who is in heaven. And he's talk, not talking about your dad, your father, you know, your biological father. Talking about, he's talking deeper now. In other words, don't ever call any human being on this earth. When it comes to spirituality, in terms of learning the will of God, don't ever call them your father, spiritual father or mother, or your primary teacher. Because in doing so, then what you're doing is you're setting up your natural man to become the student of whom you classify as your primary human instructor or your human covering. And this is why Isaiah chapter 30 verse 1 explicitly says, Woe to you rebellious children, saith the Lord, that take counsel but not of me, and that do what? They cover with a covering, but not my, by my spirit, that they may add sin to sin. And I won't go deep into this one. Of course, I wrote about in the mystery of the kingdom of God revealed from those two chapters that I have there about the fivefold ministry and about the fivefold ministry of Christ, which is really what those gifts are all about. Um, nonetheless, the reality is, is that most, one of the other reasons why most people fail or struggle or don't even believe that you can hear the voice of God for your own life is because they're yoked to a human covering. 
a human teacher. This is why they keep going back every Wednesday, every Tuesday, every Sunday, sometimes multiple times. And let me just, you know, side note here, nothing wrong with going to church. You know, you've heard me say this before. There's nothing wrong with going to a church and learning from these people, if, especially if it improves your life. But you also have to understand the limitations of such people and also of such organizations. Now, and how you'll know as far as the limitation is that where you're at. In other words, if you've been going to church for years, like I was for over 20 years, I was never taught how to hear the voice of God. I was always conditioned to hear the voice of man based off of the doctrines of the religious organizations that I used to belong to. So that's what I was yoked to. But again, Jesus said, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. And again, he's talking about taking the yoke of the Father, learning from the Father, attaching yourself, joining yourself to this inner being. Because as mentioned before, we all have access to the Father, to God, to Christ. In other words, all the same being within our minds if we just simply learn how to discern his voice or his thoughts and then learn to couple or yoke ourselves to that discernment so that we can continually learn from God pertaining to every aspect and every season of our lives. Now on this slide here, I want to show you, uh, and these aren't all of them. These are just some of the more salient ones, but uh, there's plenty more. But all of these verses here are actually take my yoke upon you and learn from me experiences. Remember, I've mentioned morning by morning, uh, Jesus would experience this awakening where he would actually, he would get his ear awakened to hear as to learn. More on that in a future episode again. And of course, these are experiences that he had where in Mark 1.35, and there he prayed. Remember, Jesus' prayer sessions were educational. He wasn't just talking to God like we practice prayer for the most part. He was actually hearing the voice of God. That's what praying actually meant according to Mark 1.35. And of course, numerous other verses. I'm just going to summarize these. You can read this on your own here. But uh, Psalms 24, verse 5, show me your ways, Lord. Teach me your paths. Remember, we're talking about being yoked with oxen, right? Doing fields, working the fields where the field is our mind. Lead me in your truth. God teaches them his way according to Psalms chapter 25, verses 8 and 9. Uh, uh, Psalms 119, verses 99 through 102, you'll see things like this. Your testimonies are a meditation for me, for you have taught me. Uh, so Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6, something we're going to touch, about, uh, touch on in the future episode. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. Well, you know what a way was in ancient Hebraic uh, agricultural teaching? Well, every time that oxen would do, uh, would put that point, that plow, and they were plowing the fields, every straight path that they would create was a way for seed to get implanted. You know, and that's what a way was in agricultural terms. And spiritually speaking, the same thing happens. When you're attached to God by his, through his educational yoke, in other words, if you're experiencing him, discerning him within your mind, everything he teaches you is a way. And what is he doing in that way? He's making it straight. That's the righteousness of God, by the way. We'll talk about more of that in the future. But also he's planting seed in that way. Remember what the seeds are. Seeds are lessons from God that produce 30, 60, 100 fold. And we'll talk about more of that in the future. Again, if you want that chapter uh, regarding the parable of the four soils, again, email me at julioalvaradojr.com and I'll send you a free PDF copy of that. Other verses that relate to the same experience, Matthew chapter 6, 
Not my will, but your will be done. Give us this day our daily bread. That's a yoke with God experience. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, for the kingdom of God is within you. Remember, that's within your mind. And what is the righteousness of God? Are the right words, the things that you learn from him. That's what righteousness is. When you are experiencing the right knowledge in the form of knowledge, understanding, and wisdom, you're experiencing the righteousness of God for your life. And of course, I've mentioned this before, uh, but the Mark chapter 4, verse 20. But these are the seeds that were sown on the good ground, those that hear the word, accept it, and bear fruit, some 30-fold, some 60, and some 100. Again, this is a chapter, I mean, excuse me, a parable that is related about hearing the voice of God and learning from Him, a yoking experience. My sheep hear my voice. That's a given. That's yoking with God. Talking about the Holy Spirit. He will guide you into all truth. You'll find that in John chapter 10, verse 27, in John chapter 16, verse 13, he will guide you into all truth, talking about the spirit of God within you. Remember what truth is. Truth is the language of God. God's children are led by his spirit, according to Romans 8 and 14. Of course, that's a yoking experience. Walk in the spirit, you know, not fulfill the lust of the flesh, but we live in the spirit. If we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit, Galatians 5 and 16 and verse 25. Once again, a yoking experience. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. That's a yoking with God experience. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Romans chapter 10, verse 17. That is a yoking with God experience. Remember, that word word there is a reference to rhema. When you're experiencing faith directly from God, that's when you're fulfilling this verse. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the rhema of God. And remember what faith is. Faith is a belief system that God wants you to believe in. So in other words, when God is, when you're yoked with the Spirit of God within your mind, He wants you to believe in what He's teaching you. And normally with those beliefs will also come instructions as to how you want, He desires you to fulfill that, whether it's mentally and or physically. Remember, faith without works is dead, according to James. Well, when God is teaching you, when God is being, when you're being schooled by God, when you become the student of God, then you can expect that from God. He isn't going to teach you something and give you a word, as some people say. No, you should all, always pursue further knowledge. You get further understanding and also the wisdom steps in order to manifest or flesh that out of your life. And then there's James chapter 1, verse 21. Receive with meekness the engrafted word, which is able to save your souls. This is a good one. We're going to spend some time on this in a future episode. But notice that word meekness is in there and then the engrafted word. That engrafted means implanted, inborn. It's already within you. That word, word there now is not the same word definition as Romans chapter 10, verse 17. It's the word logos. Logos there is not a reference to the Bible. It's a reference to something that God says to you that has already been documented in his mind. So when you're experiencing the story or the book that God has authored to your, uh, uh, concerning your life, according to Psalms 139, verses 13 to 18, when you read all that about all the days were created for me when one of them came to being, and then all of them were recorded in your book. Remember that? You know, I've shared numerous times concerning that reality. Well, again, that's also a yoking experience. Now, why would you experience the engrafted word? Well, the purpose of it, so it saves your soul. Now, words say there's not reference to eternity. A lot of people look at salvation as an end time thing. No, we missed it. God is always rescuing your soul from ignorance. Remember what your soul is. Your soul is that learning space in your mind when you're positioning your body. 
to learn from God. And that yoking experience, you're positioning your body as His educational temple. Your soul becomes the classroom of God that happens in this quiet, and we'll talk about more of that, of course, in a future episode concerning what that looks like. But then in that same soul of yours is where you're posturing your spirit to be the student of God. So again, let me repeat that. When you're learning from God, attentively, in other words, on purpose, focus, you're here just to do that. You're positioning your body to become this educational temple. You're positioning your soul to be his classroom and you're positioning your spirit to be yoked to his. Remember, big G, small G, big S, small S, okay? Father, son, father, offspring. That's the relationship, that's the connection. And then there's Psalms chapter 32, verse eight, which I taught about in my vision series in terms of how to experience a vision from God, which we'll talk about also in a future episode. But in that verse, powerful, it's one of the most enlightening verses that there is in terms of how God schools people. And it simply says this, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go and I will guide you, remember the rest, with my eye. Notice how this connects with the word yoke that we saw from this definition to join and work together through the eye of experience and knowledge. And this all again happens within your mind. If you teach and train your mind to experience it, and then there's John chapter four, verse 24, God is spirit, notice that. And those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth, capital S, smallest, by the way. So if God is spirit and you're learning from him, how do you learn from Him? How do you experience Him or how do you worship Him in spirit and in truth? Well, by posturing your spirit to learn from Him so that you can acquire truth. Remember, truth is the language of God. So whenever you're hearing the voice of God, no matter what He says, no matter what way it is, what facet, and by the way, when it comes to ways, we have multiple ways. Uh, your spirituality is a way. Uh, your, your, uh, taking care of your, your body is a way. Uh, your relationship with your spouse or your loved ones, those are ways. Your relationship with money, finances, those are ways. And then within those ways are multiple ways. So whenever God is teaching you something, he's teaching you a way that he would prefer for you to live or to manifest this thing out. Again, more on that in future episodes. So with all that being said, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14 clearly talks about that we have, there's a difference between the natural man and the spiritual man. And it talks about, the, but the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. Neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. So again, the Bible teaches that we have a natural man nature and a spiritual man nature. Now, the student of God that you want to yoke with God is the spiritual man. In other words, your spirit. In other words, you, lowercase g, you as a God. So we can clearly see that the student of God is the spiritual man. In other words, your spirit. And spirit must learn from spirit. So in other words, when you're attaching yourself to another human being, whether it's your pastor, your, your, your prophet, your, your evangelist, your pro, or your apostle, wherever that is, you're not learning from God directly because you're learning things perhaps, hopefully it's true about God, but you're not learning from God. The only way that you can learn from God is by virtue of spirit. You must connect your spirit with his in order to learn from him. In other words, you must yoke yourself to this experience. So in light of these insights, when closely examined, we will realize that many of us have been stuck trying to connect with God as an educator 
with our natural man through other natural men and women. In other words, we've been yoked to these people. Now, again, let me, I, I got to uh, kind of, because uh, uh, I don't want you to think that I'm bashing the church or that I'm saying the church is no good, you know, at all. If anything, again, if it improves your life, it's a healthy organization, of course, by all means, you know, attach yourself to it. But you have to, again, understand the limitations of many churches. Most churches will not have courses on how to hear the voice of God. Most of them don't. And that happens for numerous reasons. And I'll share with you what some of those reasons are in the next episode, by the way. Uh, but it all falls under the guise of iniquity. And remember what iniquity is. It's misuse of the mind. And of course, we'll talk about more on that in future episodes. Now, the reason why I created these last three episodes, including this one, is because I am getting ready to launch my all-new Teach to Teacher 2.0 course. Now, the reason why it's called Teach to Teacher is because only you can teach yourself how to hear the voice of God. You can use other teachers like myself as resources in terms of how to do it, but eventually you become the most important human form of teacher to experience the teacher within. Remember the guide, the voice of God, the Spirit of God. All that happens within your mind. The most important teacher that you need to experience is yourself when you apply different techniques and different mindsets in order for you to experience it, which we're going to talk about, of course, in Teach the Teacher 2.0. So what I'm going to be doing in Teach the Teacher 2.0 is I'm going to be exploring and encouraging you to embrace your inner divinity as a spirit. In other words, as a God, lowercase g, and how to position your spirit to be a spiritual student of God so that you can have direct spirit-to-spirit -spirit communication and education from God. And how we're going to do this is I'm going to share some knowledge about how do you discern your thoughts to determine their origins and how do you discern the voice of God for every season of your life. Now, within these episodes, I'm going to share some knowledge about how to discern your thoughts to determine their origins and primarily how to discern the voice of God. I'm also going to be sharing some knowledge about what does the voice of God sound like, clues that you're hearing God, how to position your spirit as a God, lowercase g, to be a student of God so that you can experience equality with God as well, so that you can always remain in a babe mental state of learning. More on that in the future episode. Also within this course, I'm going to share with you some things about how to discover God's will and purposes for your life through this yoking experience. Also, how you can repurpose your current and former sufferings for good. And of course, ultimately, how to meditate and how meditation turns your prayer time into educational experiences and conversations with God throughout your day. So this is just not about what happens in a session. This is about teaching your mind to be God conscious throughout your day. And of course, within that context and within that teaching, I'm going to share with you some knowledge concerning how to experience visions from God through knowledge and imagery that he reveals to you. And then how you can use those types of information and experiences so that you can self-prophesy to yourself. It's one of the most potent forms of self-talk that you can experience. And also, I'm going to share some knowledge with you about how do you know what you have the right to pray for and how do you get all of your prayers answered. And I'm going to do so by sharing some knowledge about your four inherent voices. And those are your voice, God's voice, what the Bible refers to as the voice of reasoning, and also the voice or the thought process of evil. And how these all play a role 
in teaching your brain how to discern good and evil as God does for every area and every season of your life. And I'm going to do all of that, of course, through key of knowledge teachings that teach about the experience. So my current plan is to make all of these episodes roughly 30 minutes or less. Uh, and some of them will be weekly, some of them will be bi-weekly. And of course, depends on you know what else I've got going on in the background of my life. Um, I might do uh, in between some other episodes concerning some other topics. But anyways, anytime I present a Teacher Teacher 2.0 episode, I'll be, of course, informing you of that in the uh, beginning stages of the episode so that you don't get confused with any other episodes that I might create that are not related to actually Teach to Teacher 2.0. So I hope that this episode has been a blessing to you in some way. I hope that perhaps you have a better understanding of what it means to take God's yoke upon you so you can learn from Him. And if you haven't done so already, I highly encourage you to subscribe to my website and or podcast so that you don't miss one of the episodes that I'm going to be sharing concerning this whole teacher teacher experience where it's actually going to be a, a course teaching you not just how to meditate, but how to pray more effectively, how to take your prayer time and make it educational by teaching your mind to first discern the voice of God and then how to take that experience of position your spirit as God's student. In other words, how can you, you can yoke yourself with God in order to learn from Him every day of your life, if that is a desire of yours. So, if you haven't done so already, I highly again encourage you to share this episode with others where you believe will be blessed by it. Again, make sure you subscribe, and I will see you in the next episode.